1: This concept with pivot, you understand just how we living. This for me is like rap religion. Hope I'm on B because we got this Skype. When it comes to this, y'all, I can get it hype. When it comes to this, y'all, calm has risen. How you living, huh? Yo, how you living, pivot?
0: I'm going to uh, be very selfish and turn this conversation around to myself. Yes, you should. Are you ready? Yeah, you ready. Okay, enough about... That's, ready, I'm going to be very holly, uh, very Hollywood. Enough about me, more about me.
1: She uh, ready. Go ahead. What yeah. about you?
0: I was talking to a, a comic that I can't name, mm-hmm. um, and she told me that I'll never know what it's like to be a stand-up comic because... I haven't gone through the rites of passage. I haven't slept around the country for no room, you know. You know, done the open mics and logged the hours of a stand-up comic, and so I'll never know what it's like. And then I said, "Well, th- I, I thanked her for her honesty, and I let her know that there isn't a night when I'm not on stage somewhere." And yes, I'm I'm very lucky to have an audience um, that I've earned through my acting. Um, and then when I'm not up there, I might be at the dime performing for two people. You know what I mean? Uh, for a couple millennials, they have no idea who I am and it's heavy lifting. And I've also been on stage since I was eight years old and didn't break through till I was 37. So I understand the grind. You know what I mean? So that's what I was trying to say to you. It's like it, it's a community that, you know, holds on to their space very tightly.
1: I personally feel like she was out of order for saying it because she don't know you. She don't know what the fuck you've been through. Yeah, that's I hate when people try to say, "Oh, you haven't done what I've done, so you don't, you won't know." Right. But you don't know where I come from. Right. So you can't say, "I don't know."
0: Right.
1: I don't. I don't know what it's like to be you. I and I don't even want to know what it's like to be you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> to be honest, I don't give a fuck. Okay. Because I'm already having a hard enough time dealing with what it's like to be me. Right. Right. So, but I'm happy to be in your presence. I would like to get to know you. I would love to get to enjoy you. I would love to watch you on stage and share you with all the audience and myself.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So if you can do that. Right. Fucking awesome. You're a comedian. Yeah. If you're scared to do that, you're not no comedian.
0: Well, that's, you know, you are comfortable in your own skin, you're not insecure. Yeah, this that, is a
1: for rent. This is for rent. Yeah. This is this is a meat suit. This is yeah. temporary. Right. I'm renting this. I, hopefully I get 100 years out of it. Yeah. Really, I only want to get like 71 because I'm going to start doing drugs at 70. Uh, but like, okay. like, I'm just renting this. Right. And then I give it back. I give it back
0: to the dust. But that and that is the attitude you have to have on stage. Otherwise, you're going to get killed, right?
1: Yeah, you can't. And you literally, you're stand, like, if you really sit back and think about it, when you're on stage, you're standing in front of a room full of people. You can literally be thinking to yourself, if you allow yourself to go there, which I've have I have allowed myself to go there sometimes. there's a room full of judges. Everybody in here is judging me. Everybody in here is going to dictate my future.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You can let that happen to yourself and then that will fuck you up. Okay. You will, you will slide into a depression
0: because
1: mm-hmm. if they didn't laugh hard enough, if they didn't make eye contact with you, if they started talking while you were on stage, you right. could literally fall into a fucking dark asshole
0: that's exactly the question you just answered the question that I asked you which is what's the worst thing that can come into your psyche that will get in your own way of your of 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 creating of working on your highest level your highest vibration and that's it right
1: yeah but no <laughs> somebody coming up there trying to fuck with you is the worst thing I think it depends for each comic is different for me if somebody trying to attack me will fuck with my shit like I can't I've decided like you know my body I'm in control of all this right this is my- this is my rental car, right, and uh I'm the driver, my mind is the driver, my mind is the government of this country, like mm-hmm. if my body's a country a, a union, my mind is the government, as long as I keep control of my mind and don't worry about what anybody else thinks right. Then I'll be fine. I came here to do a job. I came here to be a service. Either you receive my service or you don't. Right. It's not my fault if you don't.
0: Which is an incredibly self-empowered, strong way to be. And
1: It took a long time to get there, though. Either they like you or they don't. Right. You know? And at the end of the day, well, I'm almost 40. And what I've learned... Uh, over all these years is everybody cares about their motherfucking self. <laughs> like, every single person is here for themselves. self. They like right. they here to learn their lesson, their thing, whatever. And they will go on your journey. They will f- they will listen to you. They will follow you if you could tickle their self, if you make them feel something. Right. So if you can make somebody feel something in the first 30 seconds of you, st- whether it's fear, joy, anger. Whatever it is, any emotion you can make somebody feel in the first 30 seconds of meeting them, fear, like, fear is really good. And that's a good one. It works very well. They will follow you, which is crazy. Uh, or excitement, whatever. Okay. They'll follow you. They'll follow you. Emotion is everything. You're an actor. It's going to be... Whoever said that to you about, like, you didn't pay your dues or whatever, that bitch was jealous. But I, she knows... What she does know is that you know how to work emotions. You're an actor. You know how to work emotions, you know how to make people feel. So if you use that skill, if you really utilize your acting skill, you'll outdominate her because she doesn't have that skill. You feel me? If you know how to baby, if you know how to make somebody, if you can make somebody cry and then make them laugh 10 seconds later, God. You fucking beast. If you know how to make somebody angry, get them in their head like, what the fuck? Yeah, they fucking us. And they'd be like, yeah. <laughs> and start to laugh. That's power. That's called mobbing. You just mob these motherfuckers. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> yeah. Like you just created a fucking mob. Right. That way you can make them come outside the comedy club and go with you to a party. Right. That's power.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, and I and, made
1: people leave a theater and we all went to a club. Yeah that's power
0: i I think to be honest with you, we need that now more than ever.
1: I know that's what I'll be doing.
0: Well, God bless you. We need more of that. we, I'm we, a no, we do I'm a We do and that's you know because you can try to do it in an article or in different arenas but it can appear to be didactic. And when you do it- What is that word? Didactic. It means like overbearing too much coming down. But when Uh you do it with comedy, when you're making them laugh and you get that message across because- the comedy is going to reveal a universal truth and, and, and crystallize these ideas that they, you know, maybe haven't thought about. But, oh, my God, you're right. We're with you. And then you add the intention, which is what you're talking about, and your emotions. And then you get them. You galvanize these people. It's, it's, that's something very powerful.
1: Well, here's the thing, though. Like your best teachers, every single teacher that you've ever remembered in your entire life has made you laugh straight up, they've they've tickled your soul. Mm-hmm. Every Your best teachers have tickled your soul or made you feel something. Yeah. That's all the people, like, you're a grown-ass man, but I bet you could call out at least three or four teachers in your life right now that made you feel something. Absolutely. And those people, and then you learn from them, right? Yes, so as a comedian, you are a lightweight a teacher. Like, I think, like, it's a platform, right? If I could teach you something in that platform, and if I can make you laugh, you'll never forget it, right? Yeah. So if I could teach you a, my, a my philosophy of mine or something that I learned that I feel like really invoked something in me or whatever, I'm a teacher. I'm here to teach. I am I know my purpose on this planet. What's the best way for me going about it? I'm about to go to college and do two years and get a BA and then take a test and then whatever. And then I can go and these kids can talk shit about me. I'd rather just get on a big ass platform. <laughs> I did 10 years in these streets, really 20 years in these streets doing stand-up and struggling, whatever, grinding. And and I started making money and whatever. I'm more powerful than a regular school teacher. And my platform, I could change somebody's whole soul, their whole mind frame on something. I'm more powerful than this teacher.
0: Yeah. And I'm a teacher. Right when you and you understand that responsibility.
1: Yeah, sometimes I don't give fuck though.
0: Right. Because but, sometimes
1: they don't give fuck.
0: Well, but, but that's the duality of life and I get that and it's beautiful. But do you feel the pressure sometimes to to try to convey thoughts and ideas that will transform people or you know what I mean cuz No.
1: No. Sometimes I need to take an emotional shit. (laughs) Sometimes you gonna get a bag of bullshit. Ah, Sometimes
0: you gonna
1: get a bag, like a regular
0: teacher. Right.
1: Don't go anywhere. How You Live in J. Pivot will be right back after we pay some bills.
0: This is what's so crazy to me about about comedy. Um, What is amazing about it is you cannot you can watch someone and not agree with their ideology. No. And still have a great time.
1: Yes. Because you know where they're coming from. Because especially if they're being honest. Right. It's like, well, I don't agree with shit they got to say, but I understand it. And that was fun. Right. Because it was it, like kind of an argument without you having to say anything. I've watched comics on stage and I'm like literally arguing with them in my head and laughing at everything that they're saying.
0: Right. Right. Because I it,
1: know they're wrong, right, but they believe what they're saying I, I love it.
0: There's something magical about that. I love it, yeah, yeah, and also- it's just
1: like with a little kid, like if you think of like this is what I learned from Richard Pryor, like he said, people don't come kind of to comedy shows they hear about your problems with it. they kind of have fun. when you're on stage, think of yourself as a kid playing in a, playing imaginary by yourself, right? When you're doing that by yourself, what are you thinking about? nothing do you care for anybody watching you no what are you doing building my story you having fun building your whole little thing your whole just just enjoy your whole thing people gonna have fun watching you making your whole world like this my kitchen this my this, yeah. you're making your own, like people love watching kids play imaginary
0: absolutely and yet Richard brought his problems on stage and and exposed them to the world and was brilliant at it and and somehow exposed his pain beautifully and perfectly.
1: Because he played it on stage. He played it, though. He played with it. It wasn't like he was uh, in a psychiatric appointment. Right. So I did did that. No, he was like... Living it.
0: Right. But it was still conveying his pain. And he was having
1: fun exposing himself. Right. Right? Like, can't nobody expose you the way you can. Can't nobody, like, literally, you can't say shit about me. I ain't said about myself already.
0: Right. So you disarm them by being completely transparent and honest with yourself. So selfishly... I want you to, if you can, uh, I'm an actor who hasn't done stand-up, and what would you say to me? What's what's the best way to embrace this journey as a stand-up comedian?
1: I would say write down, write every day, 10 minutes every day, 10 things that are true to you that you find amusing. If you can do 10 minutes every day of writing about things like with your hand, not in your voice memo or yeah, anything. Yeah. Like literally with your hand Right. in a notebook, mm-hmm. write down 10 things that will make you smile. If you saw it, if you heard it, mm-hmm. if you felt it, if you smelt it, if you dealt it, like whatever <laughs> it is, man. Right? Yeah. 10 things every day. And then every time you got on stage, you talked about at least five of those things and make you great.
0: Do you believe that it's more important to be interesting than to be funny?
1: Yep. Well, and you're... <laughs> interesting shit is always funny. <laughs> right? Yeah. Even in a drama. I watch Game of Thrones and I laugh all the time. Right. It's not a comedy. Because you're laughing
0: at Pete Dinklage.
1: First off, I want to fuck no, him. What, you no, wanna, don't even play you that. You want
0: to fuck Pete Dinklage. I, wanna,
1: I would like him to be my side man.
0: Interesting.
1: That could be my boyfriend. Don't play with me. Okay. That's a sexy man.
0: Okay, I'm going to get off the Game of Thrones for a second because I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little bitter. Why? Um, you
1: audition for it? You didn't get it part?
0: No. Um. I want me to, be on, I want me to break it down for you. Okay.
1: Was you gonna be from Littlefinger? You would've made a good Littlefinger.
0: I don't even know who Littlefinger is. I don't know who Bigfinger is. You Big don't even watch it? Is. I don't watch it and I'll tell you why.
1: If you would've been Littlefinger though, you would've killed that shit.
0: I don't know who Bigfinger is, Littlefinger. I don't give <laughs> a fuck any of those people. I don't know tell Smell me. his finger, but I'll tell you this much. When we were closing down Entourage, I said to HBO, we need to publicize this shit. We've been off for eight seasons. And they said, now we're just gonna go out quietly. And I was like, what? And she pointed to a throne. This is a true story. And she said, we have the rights to the book of Game of Thrones. And that's our new project, we're all in. And she pointed to that big ass throne. And so my reference with Game of Thrones is, our shit is ending, We, we don't have any love for you, your shit is done and played out, and now it's time for, you know, a bunch of people that we don't really have any emotional investment in killing each other every week. So I don't give a fuck. No, so I have but a- But
1: y'all wasn't killing on there. If y'all would have been killing people, damn, that'd been real LA shit.
0: Uh, so I, I'm a little bitter and I need to get over it, but uh, you know. Yeah,
1: but you're doing okay. I think well, you're doing fine. I'm doing.
0: I'm doing all right. I can, can, doing speaking of if we would
1: have did this interview on my house, and you were saying like this was. Your I bet house you have a mad. big
0: ass fucking house. Mm-mm. I bet you have a dope house. Well, that's because you're a cheap Jew. Is, you're a cheap off, ass Jew.
1: First off,
0: you're not going to
1: insult my people like you have, this. You
0: should have a huge house. Do do you?
1: My house is huge considering for my for my people.
0: I don't even know what that means. I got, you, I you are a very prolific uh, artist. I got
1: 2,600 square feet at but, that house. And okay. then I got another house that's 5,000, but I can't live there yet.
0: Okay. Because so. I'm
1: going to turn that into a group home.
0: Oh, nice. Because too
1: many people have been talking about I'm moving in the neighborhood, so I got to fuck them up.
0: Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna steer this back over to comedy really quickly. Yeah, you better because I'm about
1: to get real hood on your ass. I love I'm it. I
0: love it. Um <laughs> Is it true that you that you had been workshopping uh, your your stand-up at Long, in the Long Beach Laugh Factory? Yes. Okay. What um, they
1: been saying about me in these streets.
0: No, no, no. I've just been talking to Jay, who loves you, and Jamie. I love Jay. They're the best. The best.
1: You know, Jay used to be mean to me when I first met him. And then I I think I yelled at him once, and then he was nice to me ever since.
0: Sometimes you just gotta. I'm pretty sure you, I yelled
1: at him. I was like, "Who the fuck you think I am, bro?" And then he was 96%.
0: There you go, because people will take advantage of you until you let them know that you respect yourself, and I like it. So here's my question: um, How did? Because that became a playground for you, right? The laugh actor. Yes, is my house. I'm Ro- the queen. I love it, and Long Beach became a place where you could just work it out.
1: That's my house too. Okay. That's my summer home. All
0: right. How did the summer home? Call me Khaleesi. How did the summer home? How did it? Uh, how did it change the game for you? Because they just kind of gave you full reign to do whatever you want there and and, and work it out.
1: Uh Okay. So. Are you talking about when the live, Long Beach Laugh Factory first came about or
0: no, I, I, just recently? Ba- basically recently to work out your, your, the one hour special, right? Yeah, I could have f- did
1: that in Hollywood if I wanted to.
0: Okay. Of course you could have. But, <laughs> I, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The location doesn't just, matter. I just meant, you know, when you're working an hour special, w- what is it that you need that will open it up for you to really mind what you need to get after. I thank you. Bless you. Excuse me. Two for, two for good luck. Two for good luck. One more. Maybe. Three for better luck. If you look at the light, you'll stop sneezing.
1: Look like at the top of your mouth. So now I didn't look it fast enough. (laughs) Bless you. Don't go anywhere. How you live in J we will be right back after we pay some bills. The thing about being able to workshop uh, a one hour.
0: Yeah.
1: uh, Is you just wanna have an audience, right? I remember when I did my first one hour special, it was a little difficult. Girls Trip hadn't came out yet. I finished it. I finished shooting Girls Trip. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to shoot my first one hour special. I hadn't even done a half hour yet. Just go straight to the one hour. And... Because I had done every single stand-up comedy show you could think of that was 7, 10, 15 minutes, but never... The full hour mm-hmm. or half hour. So I went straight to that with Showtime, and it's about having an audience that is attentive, that like that w- that is willing to be a part of the process. So, I don't know what it would have been like without social media, to be honest. Uh, maybe, in the '90s, if I was trying to do this, I would take out an ad in a newspaper or right. like fucking tell like a blabbermouth or two, or hire a public publicist to blab it around town to get people to come out, or hire a promoter to get people to come. But on my first one-hour special, uh, I asked the Laugh Factory, "Hey, do you think you can give me an hour here, an hour there?" And it was easy because at that time they had the San Manuel Casino. So I could drive out to there and they would do a, I would do an hour there. And then an hour at the Laugh Factory on a Wednesday, you know, and people came, but they didn't know what they were coming to see me. They didn't know what they were coming for, you know? Mm-hmm. And in Long Beach I had a I had a already a running situation there. So they would just allow me to stretch, yeah. you know. So it was good
0: when you know you're trying new material for the first time, and it's that that's that great unknown, right? Uh-huh. What's the difference between, in your experience, when you felt like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fully commit to this bit? It's never been seen before. You know that feeling. Is there a difference between when you're not fully there and you're fully because it's it's you know there's a little bit of fear in there when that's for, you know material for the first time
1: no and then first time material there's no fear in that that's just like let me see what happens let me throw this shit on the wall and see if it sticks like make a spaghetti you know that's how I like I'm cooking I'm, I'm in the kitchen cooking so yeah. uh and on stage there's there's never any only time I'm afraid on stage is is if I'm talking about sexuality uh like if I'm talking about he that turned to she or she that turned to he or is that it them that that thing is really confusing to me right now so there's fear in that things that i don't understand why
0: why is that fear in that
1: because there's things that i don't understand is the only thing i have fear in because i don't understand it because i'm a human right so things i don't understand is things i fear if it's new material i'm not afraid to present that because it's fucking i understand Stand it for the most part. It's new for me saying it in front of a room full of people, but I probably already said it in five conversations.
0: So there you go. I probably go. already so, said it in my
1: voice memo. Okay, so probably, before, before. but even if I like the other night, I did a set and I, it ended up making it to my special. Uh, I did said I said uh, you know my mom was so mean to me. I don't know why she was so fucking mean to me, and there's like all these other things that I say about her being mean to me, but. It just came up in my spirit. I just saw my mom and I was like, yeah, she's mean because she know I'm the better version of her. I wasn't scared to say that. It's the truth. It's how I felt when I saw her and she looked at me. She know I'm the better version of her. It's like, she pick and save and I'm big lots. Mm -hmm. I'm the better version of my mama. Which is probably not the nicest thing to say, which is probably something you would be mean to say. It's probably something that I should have been afraid to say or like feel like, oh, if my mom sees this, is she going to be mad? Right. But I don't care. She didn't raise me. But
0: but that's the beautiful <laughs> thing about stand-up is you can say these things are, that are perceived to be taboo.
1: But yeah, but I also believe she, she don't, she loved me because I came out of her. Right. She don't like me though because but I'm it's a our, better version of her.
0: But it's but it's she our, might be jealous. it's our job. To eclipse our parents.
1: Yeah, you're supposed to be better than them. But that don't mean they like that shit. Because their egos might be... I know if I become a parent, I'm going to be like, yes, be the best. Be better than me. I want to see somebody. I want to see that. Even in my friends, I want my friends to be better than me.
0: See, but that's one of the many reasons why you're so successful, by the way. Because you understand intrinsically that another person's success won't take away from your own. And that's part of your vibration. But it makes
1: me feel good to see people that's, successful. That's,
0: but that's the healthiest way to be in this life.
1: But everybody ain't like that. No. And that's that. what's funny about it. Cause the person that you walked out of, like, literally I slithered out of her. She probably would like to see me be mediocre. I'm sure. But now she's uh, claiming it. Now she's like, it's so funny, because we went on a walk the other day and she's like, yeah. Just call me Leola Haddish. I said, what? Her name been Leola English. But since I can remember, she called herself Leola English. She she claimed, I said, you claiming my daddy? She said, no, I'm not claiming your daddy. Never would I claim him. I'm claiming you. Now I was like, what do you want?
0: <laughs> what? Do you want
1: to, what do you want to? She's like I need two CDs. I want a CD account.
0: So if you if you but had, shit,
1: So I knew it though. I knew she was
0: But but isn't it, isn't it great to have this arena where you can work all this out? You know what I mean? Yeah, cuz I am are very we're very lucky.
1: Let's be honest. The same time that I started going to comedy camp at 15, it's also the same time I started to go to therapy. And I talked more on stage than I did in the therapist's office. And then I stopped doing stand-up for a little bit. Ended up becoming, I had a breakdown. Went back to therapy. The therapist is like, what makes you happy? And I said, just hearing laughter and seeing people smile makes me feel good. She said, well, get back into your stand-up. Right? So I Mm -hmm. get back into the stand-up. And here I am. I'm talking about these things on stage. And I'm literally sitting with... I basically was using my therapist. I was paying this bitch $125 an hour. Yeah. To do stand-up for her. Right. Because I was pouring my heart out. All Mm -hmm. the things that bother me. And she's laughing and taking notes. You know what's hilarious is I was like, can I get those notes? (laughs) Exactly. I started doing them on stage.
0: That's amazing. I
1: started doing her notes on stage.
0: Well, they they say that stand-up should be like auditioning for a therapist. That's what it should be. Um,
1: Who said that? But that's good, but- uh,
0: Adam Hunter told me that actually.
1: But Adam Adam Hunter's the king of the one-liners.
0: Yeah, I know it doesn't match up, but that's, <laughs> a, that's his philosophy. But you
1: know what? It makes sense. Cause he's hurt. Well, he's always he's you know, I love Adam. He's, you know what I love about certain comedians, they will take care of you. They are some of the most caring in every I don't care what profession you're in, actors won't do it. When I worked at the airlines, they wouldn't do it, when I worked at a youth center, they wouldn't do it. But comedians will always give you a hug. <laughs> even if they don't fucking like you.
0: <laughs> they
1: can hate your guts, right. they will still give you a hug. So it's say, Good set, man. Cause they know how hard it is to be up there by yourself. So know like how vulnerable you are.
0: So his philosophy was, stand up is auditioning for therapists. What 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 do you what do you think stand up is?
1: Stand up is teaching a lesson to a classroom of strangers, of grown up grown up pe- grown up strangers. Ah, stand up. To me, stand-up is so many things. Stand-up is, uh, it could be a masturbation session. <laughs> it could be like a, uh, uh, for me. Mm-hmm. It could be a lesson, like me just teaching. Stand-up could be a party. It could be an audition.
0: Where would you be without stand-up?
1: No know, that's my husband. Stand up is my boyfriend, my husband, my everything. Like, I don't I don't know if I would I don't I don't even know if I could function without him. I don't like even thinking about like if somebody if we if Jamie banned me from the club, Jamie Masada banned me from the laugh factory for like a month. And I could perform in all these other places, but being told I couldn't be in my house, like, and I didn't want to be no, like, and I could perform anywhere else. But that's like, it hurts. Hmm. That shit hurts. Uh, I don't know where, I don't know. If I was a school teacher, I'd be the comedic school teacher. If I was, if I worked at the DMV, I'd be telling jokes. Mm. I figure out a way to do it funny.
0: Yeah. So you would you would always find a way to convey. Your... And when I was
1: working at the airlines, I was like, in my boarding announcements, I would <laughs> yeah figure out how to tell yeah. a joke in it, like.
0: Yeah, you would find a stage no matter what.
1: I could, I could not function. It's it like you have to go two months, no jokes.
0: <laughs> yeah, you couldn't do a joke detox.
1: I couldn't function. I, couldn't, I can't even comprehend that right now. It mm. hurts my feelings.
0: Yeah. I don't think people understand that.
1: That hurts my feelings. Yeah. Like, don't want to, I don't want you to say anything that's gonna make anybody smile or laugh for the next two to three months. I would probably want to die.
0: Hmm. That was, I
1: would probably <laughs> I would probably die. Like, well, I would probably turn into a full-blown
0: bitch. Well, thank God that <laughs> you don't have to. I'm trying
1: to, ride, like,
0: so. I'm swallowing my <laughs> tears. <laughs> so, the good news is...
1: I can't look, even look you in your eyeballs because you're really good at seeing... You you're just, a little soothsayer, ain't you? <laughs> <laughs> this
0: you're was super, fun. You're that, super that, good at
1: seeing people's emotions. Look at you.
0: Yeah. Well yeah, look at you. You're, look you're, at
1: you. Go be a therapist in your next show.
0: Yeah. Is this a uh,
1: documentary about therapy for comedians?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'm very lucky in the way that I'm taking this journey and um
1: Now know. I wanna eat something from Argo's.
0: okay that was a non sequitur i love it i
1: want some lego
0: steve let's do it how you live in J piven is a cast original podcast in association with common enemy and tenderfoot tv producer is kyle tequila theme song by common executive producer for cast is john svack Executive producers for Tenderfoot TV are Donald Albright and Payne Lindsay. Executive producers for Common Enemy are Jared Einsen and Dave Osico. Catch all new episodes of How You Live in j Piven every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts.